Okay, today we have a speaker. Um, um, his name is Seamus. And without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and have you start speaking. Thank <laughs> Thanks you for joining the service. Thank you very much. Can you hear me? Yes, indeed. Lovely. <clears throat> Thank you very much for asking me to speak. And uh, I'm very grateful to be here um, and to have the opportunity and just to be the first speaker, really, you know. Um, I was christened James Crowley, um, but through my sobriety, I, I'm trying to reclaim my Gaelic roots. So I'm going back to Seamus, which is the translation from James or Jimmy or Jamie to to Seamus in Osgoelga. Uh, so I know like to refer to myself as Seamus O'Cruleyoch, um, which means the hardened warrior, the O'Cruleyoch, you know, I'd say O is the son of and Cruleyoch is hardened warrior. Um, and it's, it, it, it means a lot more than than just Jamie Crowley, you know, so I'm um People are getting confused a lot. Um, and as you were speaking about, there's an article written about me here in a local paper. Two two of them, actually, and in, in, in whatever. But one of them is calling me Jamie. The other one's calling me Seamus. And people are going, you have to get yourself in, uh, get your ducks in a row. Like, you know, so I'm going to have to change my, I have to go about it, like, kind of legally and uh, bank accounts and passports and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so I like to be referred to as Seamus. So I appreciate that. Um yeah, so my name is Seamus O'Cruliak, and I like to refer to myself as an alcoholic, label myself as an alcoholic, or whatever way you want to look at it. I'm an alcoholic, I'm a recovering alcoholic, and um and I'm and I'm a grateful alcoholic, you know. Um and uh yeah, I, I suppose um I'm very lucky to be where I am today. Um and and I, I do believe that I'm one of the blessed ones, you know. Um my life has been ups and downs and ins and outs and Everybody has their story, you know. But um, for me, I, I I was born in a in a house about five miles from here, um, from where I am now. And uh, my mum and dad suffered with alcoholism um, in their DNA, really. Uh, and from where I was, there was twenty four houses, one pub, one shop, one school, one GA pitch. One um and 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 just loads of fields. So it was great. It was great. It was great times actually for for a certain length of time uh, growing up there. But when you came out my front door, you're looking straight at a pub. Um, and ninety uh, percent of the terrace spent of where I lived spent ninety percent of their time in it. You know, and um and that's just the way it was. I knew no different, and I didn't um. I knew no different and and I I didn't understand anything that was going on obviously at the time and uh it was only with hindsight really and getting sober I can understand what was actually going on, you know. Um there was physical abuse in the house, there was mental abuse in the house, there was um mental health issues in the house, there was alcoholism in the house. Um in the in the more extended family then there would have been severe mental health issues and severe alcoholism. Uh, I witnessed very strange things growing up, um, violent and also kind of, um, you'd say kind of uh, just mental health episodes, I suppose, um, and all these kind of things, you know. And this was all just a part of my life growing up. I I, I knew no different. Um, 
I did know that my neighbours weren't doing it as much as we were doing it, but uh, but I just didn't know any different really as uh, as such. So I I did I definitely felt a level of shame and and uh, and stuff like that when things got out of hand. Um, and I just remember one story like so you'd have to walk through the churchyard to get to my primary school. Um and and the same back obviously and one day I was coming back at three o'clock in the day with the, when the when the school closed and I could see my mother and my aunt walking across the road absolutely twisted drunk and then they started to fight each other in in the terrace grounds you know um and I remember running around the back of the terrace so that people wouldn't see me or know that it was my mother or and it was it was very it was frightening like you know um and then you'd have a lot of anger in the course because you'd be angry at your mother for upsetting you and and all these other things and it was just a whirlwind of of emotions and uh and and no tools to deal with them you know so things being thrown at you and you're not knowing to duck or to go at it or to fucking run away or to and it was just uh it was madness um and all the while i was acting out as well you know I, i'd be breaking windows as from a very young age i had the cops to my door from a very young age just acting out fighting and 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 all these things, and I see that now today as alcoholism, you know. Um, now everybody's talking about ADHD nowadays, and and all these different things. We didn't know anything about that really. Um, but there's I probably have an element of it all, you know. I'm probably on spectrums, like rainbows. But um, yeah, there's there's um, so it was kind of it was just it was just in my environment, it was in my DNA, and and I didn't know any different, you know. So I didn't when I turned eleven, my mum took her own life through suicide, you know? Um, and that was really like the fucking, excuse my language, but that was the, um, that was the atomic bomb really of the, of, of my life. And, uh, it shattered things to pieces. Um, my family dynamic fell apart. My, 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 my siblings were, were just out of their mind. Um, not insane thinking at all. A lot, a lot of drink was going on. Um, I remember getting drunk for the first time at at uh, at her funeral. No, I say it's the first time, but it's the one time I kind of remember. And um, but the, I I do remember times before that as well of 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 drinking alcoholic and stuff, whatever you know. But um, but this was the first time that uh, I got really drunk and I blacked out and I, uh, and fell asleep up on a little wall and I had to be carried home. Um and I got up again the next day and downstairs and smoking cigarettes and all this kind of stuff, you know, and uh, it was just all acceptable, you know, and and just wild, very, very wild. Um so then I suppose I was I went into secondary school, um and uh at about uh, so I had one more year left in primary school, and then I went into secondary school and I went from being quite spiritual that I would walk through that churchyard. But I'd pop in every day and light a candle and pray to my mother and all these kind of things. And I went from that to going to secondary school and just totally losing all um care for authority and and uh and anything really. It just all manifested itself quite toxically and uh, came out of me in an awful way. I kind of became a bully, to be honest, without even meaning to. Just it was it, I became a bully kind of to 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 secure my 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 footing in school and, and stuff like that, you know, and, and I was quite a big young fellow, I'm six foot two or three now, and I wasn't far off at it, 12 or 13 years of age, you know, um, so just because I was big, fellas would kind of, you know, want want to kind of take you on or whatever, and I'd, I'd know, 
I'd no um abilities to be fighting or any of this crap. Like I, I so my way of doing of, of kind of feeling good in myself then or, or kind of was was to be the bully, you know, or to be the be the the loud one, the big mouth, and down the back of the class, roaring a shout and getting kicked out, getting sent to the office and all the while I was just hiding these insecurities that were inside me, you know, and the hurt and the pain and the trauma that was that was tearing me apart inside, really. Um and not knowing it of course. Uh and like I, I like even at a very young age being in school, like I remember the feeling of like what what the fuck is going on? Like, how am I here again? How am I outside the office again? How am I in detention again? How am I getting suspended again? Like I and although I knew the crack, I knew what was happening, I couldn't quite control it, you know? Which is exactly what happened along the way then. Like there was a lot of drink involved, even first years and second years and third years in, in secondary school. As I say, I got my first proper drunk at my mum's uh funeral at eleven. Uh, there was heavy drugs came into it, uh, ecstasy tablets and and cocaine, um, and anything else you could get a bit of weed and stuff like that. And as well, um, and it was just one thing after another. And I, no matter what you put in front of me, I take it and and gladly, you know, because um, I I wanted to die really, you know, I I I didn't want to live, um, and I didn't have the balls to kill myself, you know, so I um, so I was just doing it. Kind of, I, I, I was killing myself while living, like you know, and um, and substances became my relief and my release and my and my friend and uh, and it got me through an awful lot. To be honest, there was a lot of, as I say, I know a lot of violence, a lot of sexual violence, a lot of um, just it, it was just incredibly toxic. Like I, I don't know, I'm not too familiar with this meeting, so I don't want to be saying certain things just in case they trigger people, but um. It was incredibly toxic, um, and that's putting it lightly. And uh, it just carried on, and I carried it. Then I would just obviously bring that into my relationships with my alcoholism, with my mental health, with uh, in un- untreated traumas, and it was just one, one after another, um, one bad thing after another after another. You know, um, eventually I ended up going to uh, London for a year when I was eighteen. Um, I was offered a job over there and I just went over there to get out of trouble. I had a letter for the judge. Long story short, came back from there for a friend's uh, funeral. She took her own life as well. Um, and she was the first person I'd been intimate with that had died, you know, and that took her own life as well at it, you know. Um, and it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I came back again for that and I fell back into my old ways. No, not that I was too much better in London, but I was just away. Whereas I came back here, I slotted right back into where I left off and I ended up doing something where I ended up getting a, a 13 month, where I got a two year prison sentence, but I, I served 13 months of it. Um, and inside there, I, I was I, I went to an AA meeting in there through the Red Cross. I went to, um, I was doing great things. I, was, I, was, I started writing poetry, which was something I would never have thought I'd do in my life. Um, and I still do it today, uh, which I enjoy. I don't publish anything or anything like that, but I just do it. It's kind of like a bit of therapy, um, and uh, and and I and it was the first time in my life I had to look into myself, you know, um, without any substance. No, you could get your hands on certain substance, <laughs> but not too much of it as you would on the streets. Um, so I got to look into myself, and and I had to sit with myself, and I had to learn about myself for the first time in my life, really, um, and it helped an awful lot. But again, when I came back out, I went back into my old ways. Got into a relationship, became extremely toxic. 
she was a beautiful girl and I made an awful I made I, I did awful things in that relationship and um and then I eventually through a mutual friend of ours then I said I need help, you know. It was the first time in my life I I knew that I was the problem, you know, that that uh or or that, that I was that I had something that was the problem, I suppose. Um I thought at the time I was the problem, but I learned in in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and in my recovery and in counseling that it, it's actually not me as a person. That wasn't me at all. Um, so it's, it wasn't that I was the problem. I just had a problem, but no solution, you know. Um, and I learned in that um, through the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous that, that, that there was a solution. And counselling, intensive counselling as well. Um, and it, it changed me forever, really. It, it made me into a man. Um, but I, I, I remember a man said to me years ago, and he was a bit of a not a nice person and I uh and he said you're getting too well too fast he said you're gonna slip soon and I was like never mind him like you know but he was actually dead right and I went out to a wedding in Poland after 17 months of sobriety and I I, I drank out there um and it just shows how cunning baffling and powerful this disease is for me I was I got up in that morning I went for a jog around the the, the where we were staying five kilometre jog I, I sat down I did a, a little mini circuit body weight circuit I met the groom I took him out the back of the building so that we could sit down and, and meditate I went down to the we went through the ceremony sat at the, the high table or the, the top table and a woman came out with a tray with vodka and, and little shot glasses and I took them off her and I gave him one me one and I poured it to him and we threw him back and by the end of the night I'd been I'd taken a bag of speed um, and I was off my game really around the place Um and just a total different beast came out of me again, you know. And then I had to justify that. And I stayed drinking. I came back to, I tried to go to meetings again when I came back, but I, my body wouldn't allow it. And I believe what your man said of me getting too well too fast, it, it actually happened. My ego got got inflated again and I thought I could do it. And I was back out there drinking for four years. And it was horrible, really. You're trying to just, I thought the conversations I was having in my head were happy ones but they weren't at all. I was actually just justifying my actions so that people could, um, so that, so that I, so people wouldn't worry about me. You know, I'd be like, oh no, I'm grounded, this, that, and the other. And yeah, yeah it's fine, but it's very cultish. And yeah, you know, they, you get well, but then you have to move on, you know, and mad talk, like, you know, but, um, but anyway, that's, that's the way it went. And, and, and luckily enough, I, well, it, it brought me to my knees again. Like, you know, it brought me to almost taking my own life. Um, and uh, and I got onto friends of mine, and they brought me to a meeting. And I went in September fourteenth uh, last year, and I went and I slipped twice. I slipped in October. Then I got a bad, bit of bad news in December, and then I I I haven't drank since. So uh, two years ago, sorry. So I'm I'm in my twenty third month of sobriety. I'll be I'll be two years next month, the twelfth of December, and um, and it's. Amazing. Um, at the moment, I'm my I'm. This is my aunt's house that I'm in. I'm living upstairs because all her kids have moved out. So I was four, five months sober, and they say never to do anything drastic in your first two years of sobriety or five years sometimes. And of course, I didn't listen, and I met a girl online, and we hit it off. I went over and visited her in New York. She came to Ireland to me, and I ended up moving everything that I had <laughs> to New Jersey. Um. That didn't work out. I was living. I was living in a luxury building. I went from a luxury building to a houseboat in the space of about eight months. 
but luckily the likes of Bridget and uh, other members in New Jersey really were good to me and they kept me under the straight and narrow they put their hand around my shoulder and they, and they were there for me um, and they got me through I saved up a few pounds of cash money that I was working and uh, and I got a ticket home again I was home by last December but I spent my first year in uh, celebrated my first year in the Barrel Mansion in, in Jersey City and I never regret that for as long as I live it was <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful um and i loved i love all the members there and i will try to get back sometime as well soon um and uh yeah so i came back and and i saw the housing situation in ireland is just as bad as new york really i i typed into like a search engine here to search for a place in cork city um for 1100 a month and there's nothing on the system you know um nothing at all comes up so it's and really you can't really afford anything else. Like I'm making a handy, a good enough wage for some for someone who's not qualified in anything, and uh, it's just unlivable, really. So I'm living here in my aunt's place at the moment, but I have to move out soon. But my another uncle of mine, her brother, my dad's brother, um, has offered me a room in his place, which is great, you know. Uh, it's not my own, of course, and it's uh, things could be worse. But if I keep focusing on stuff like that, I'd never be happy, you know. So. I'm happy just to have people around me that want that are inviting me into their homes. My aunt here and rang me and said, "Why don't you move in with us?" Um, and I you know, so like that wouldn't be the case if I was out there doing the stuff that I used to be doing. You know, um, I'm very grateful to be here. I'm one of the blessed ones. I'm not, as I said, I I've I people over here now writing articles about me. I do my own podcast. I don't normally have a beard and long hair like this, but I'm doing it for charity. I've raised nearly 3,000 uh, euros for a suicide awareness charity here in Ireland. The GoFundMe has gone from the 1st of January to the next the next 1st of January. Um, and I've climbed the highest peak of Ireland twice in one day um, and got good funds for that as well. Uh, yeah, I do my own podcast. I do all these things. And at any given day, I can be an absolute head case or I can be like a guru. <laughs> you know, like there's no... Um, there's no it's all in the day and I try I try to keep it all in the day, you know. Um so yeah, it's um it's 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 a great thing. It's no matter how bad I get, once I don't drink, it's gonna be so much better, you know. Or drug or anything else, you know. Sometimes I can eat too much. If I open a packet of cookies, I do find it hard to put them back in the cupboard and stuff like that. But um, you know, we can work with these things. Um I've been offered a promotion in the job I'm in at the moment. Um I'm currently on to uh, a financial institute here to get a loan to go and visit my brother in Australia as a surprise. It's not working out too well, but I'm back and forth. Um, so yeah, look, I'm I, I have a car outside the door. I have a wallet with a few pound in it, a few euros in it, a few dollars in it. Um, and you know, and life could be so much worse. Has been so much worse. Um, and I, and it could also get better. But I'm just very quite content with where I am today. And I'm blessed to have people like Bridget in my life who will just text me out of the room, like, do you want to speak Tuesday at one o'clock? And I'd be like, okay, let's do it. Um, so yeah, I always say yes in, in in any kind of service like this, because if my story can help anyone else's, then or help anyone else to to strive in their own life, then jump on. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna leave it there, guys. And uh yeah, thanks very much for asking me to share.